This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here with Wilkes Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel in Jackson and Flowood, an IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Today on Everyday Tech, we will discuss driving technology, where excellence intelligence meets the road, excellence as well, from cameras and teen safety gadgets to what's next on the horizon. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB Ring to ask any tech question. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back after the news. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include American Funds from Capital Group, taking a consistent long-term perspective to help investors achieve their goals. Securities offered through American Funds Distributors Incorporated and the National Endowment for the Arts. Art works. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilt Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel in Jackson and Flowood, an IT instructor at Holmes Community College and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. So today on Everyday Tech, we're discussing driving technology. Even the morning commute has been impacted by technology. Remember when airbags and seatbelts were an option? Now they're standard. In a not-so-distant future, we could see cars driving us to work. So join us in our conversation today at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, and online at Everyday Tech at MPB online for your driving tech questions. So good morning, fellas. Wilson, Jeremy, how are you doing this today? Hey, wonderful. I had to drive myself here, though. The car didn't bring me here. It was it was terrible. I had to negotiate the traffic and everything. No George Jetson for you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jeremy, how are you doing? Good morning. I'm I'm doing well. I'm uh, currently preparing for a uh, 5K that I'll be filming with my drone this weekend for the uh, Hub City Service Dogs. So I've been driving the route and eyeballing all the obstacles and figuring out just exactly how we're going to get this thing together. Wow. Wow. 5K. <laughs> well, look, I'm more impressed with the drone he's uh, recording yeah. it on. The 5K, uh, not so much. But, uh... <laughs> so you got to have the drone follow you as you're running? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be following them. Uh, I'm not going to be running the 5K. Uh, I'm just going to be following in my drone and getting good shots, hopefully. Oh, okay. you going to make the wife run the 5K? Is she running it? No, she's not running it. Um, no, nobody in the company is going to be running it. We're, we're not really, we're not 5K ready, you might say. 
Yeah, I'm um, more on the uh, the couch part of that. Yeah, have you heard that whole the couch to 5K? Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. I'm still hovering around couch. I actually started with that program. Uh, once upon a time, I could actually run a 5K, but uh, at this point, I'll just be flying the drone and uh, recording and hopefully getting uh, good footage and, and seeing a lot of people support a good cause. Well, that's good. And, you that know, you're awesome. the IT guy, so that's what you do. So, you that's know, of course, get an expert to uh, record the whole thing. That is pretty cool. That is. Really cool. And don't we have a drone show coming up soon? Yeah, I think that's going to be one of our upcoming topics. So uh, we will be leaning heavily on Mr. Jeremy here yes, to make sure yes. that we, we have some excited. fun with that one. Well, oh, speak, yeah. speaking of topics, today we're talking about driving technology. And seatbelts and airbags used to be the, the biggest Optical. thing. And now we have cars that are parking themselves. We have uh, almost cars that can drive themselves. My question to you guys is, has technology gone too far to where if someone that's maybe 70 years old wants to turn in their keys and get a new car, would they know how to maneuver the new cars that we have nowadays? Well, you know, one thing I think that's really um, that we've seen come along with the technological advances is the simplicity that's come along with a lot of it. A lot of this is being put in there in a way so that people can, even if you're not familiar with it, you know, kind of make sense out of it. Um, you know, for example, the my, my daily driver car is, oh, Lord, what is that thing, about 14 years old? Yeah, it's about 14 years old. So there's no backup cameras. There's none of that kind of stuff. And when I was recently up in Milwaukee, the rental car I had had a backup camera and it was a little bit different. I'm not used to it. Um, the, the thing I think that we have to remember is that this technology, I think, is wonderful. What we don't need to let it do is is take over for human intelligence. Right. You know, um, just because I had the backup camera on that car, I'm going to still look. Uh, just because I have a lane change alert, I'm going to still look. Just because I have an airbag doesn't mean I'm going to drive like a fool. Right. So, you know, it, it's, it's kind of tempering that. As long as we're using the tool to enhance our safety, but not to replace our intelligence, I think. All right, Jeremy, um, I'm going to open the question up to you about the cameras. So when you mentioned cameras, Wilts, we have cameras on cars now. What are these cameras used for? So the cameras for your car, um, I would say, are used mostly for um, emergency uh, reasons as far as like if you were in an accident. Um, I guess they could catch a, a cool meteor shower or something like that. But uh, most of the time, I would say that people are using them uh, that way they can use them for their insurance and different things uh, of that nature. Um, I myself have been using the dash cam that I put in my car um, as I drive this course that the uh, the people are going to be running on this Saturday. I can see all the trees and obstacles out there in the way, so I can go back and review that footage and see if there are certain areas of the street where I'm not going to be able to get my drone down there to take a shot. So um, I'd say uh, most people are using them for those reasons, but also some people just use them just to just to catch neat things on the road because you never know what you're going to catch until you know you're not recording them and you go ah oh, i wish i had a camera that could catch that all right yeah for me i would end up catching it's like man did you see that person just run that light i would use it for training purposes for my son and my daughter to say look this is what could happen this is what i see in that morning commute um and some other areas we're seeing cameras as well as things you know we've, we've seen the backup cameras they're becoming pretty popular um, one thing I've noticed I've seen lately that I thought was really cool was some of these lane change cameras. You know, we're all kind of familiar with having that blind spot when we're driving. Uh, depending on your car, some have a, you know, a better or worse blind spot. So, so having that on there has been kind of cool, uh, as long as it doesn't become a distraction. And one of the really cool things, though, I mean, I mentioned before I have a 13, 14-year-old car. 14, yep. 
Um, you can add things like your backup camera to your vehicles, even if it's an older vehicle. You can go into like a lot of your big box stores. I know your Walmarts, et cetera, will sell these. And what will end up happening is you'll actually attach it to the screws that are on your license plate, on your rear license plate, and you'll actually get a wide-angle camera back there. So for things, I mean, it, it's always tragic when you hear those stories of, you know, someone backed up and maybe, you know, struck a child. Um, you know, I was in the church parking lot one day and I heard uh, a loud bang. Someone backed up and, you know, hit a light pole. Um, that's never a good thing. Never. So you can add those on, and they're really rather inexpensive. And usually the the camera part will actually, uh, the, the screen will replace something, say, like your rearview mirror. So in the corner of your rearview mirror, when that backup camera kicks on, you'll see an image right there. So as you're backing up, you can still be using your mirrors and everything else. So. And that's a uh, probably ninety nine to one hundred and fifty bucks, uh, including the memory card and everything, will get you a decent enough dash cam to do what you want to do. Yeah. Uh, that's about what the one that I got costs, and I've been very happy with the footage. Now, when you get a dash cam, you want to make sure that you run it through some tests. You know, record it day, record it night, make sure you can see just exactly what it's going to capture. Uh, I will say that camera tech has come a uh, a long way in a short time for consumers uh, because the the quality is pretty impressive these days oh it really is yeah i think i just saw um anchor a-n-k-e-r that company mm-hmm. you know that a lot of us you know we've mentioned that a lot for like iphone accessories and and um and things such as that they make what looks like is a pretty decent little uh dash cam i noticed it coming through on amazon very highly rated and i think they had it on sale this week for like 65 68 bucks something like that i believe yeah. you talked about the rove R-O-A-V. That sounds right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, I put one of those in Faith's car, and we like it. I like it better. I think the quality on it's better. I think it's got a better actual, ca- like a better camera quality inside of it. But one thing that we've noticed is that if she turns like a hard right, it flies off the dash almost every time. i got to put something next to it to keep it from slipping off that little connector. Hmm. Okay. How do you view the footage from your dash cam? So with that Rove that Wiltz was talking about, uh, specifically it has a wireless network that it can create. You can look at it on your smartphone. Uh, But also almost all of them should have a micro SD card slot, and you just pop that little card out and put it in your computer, and then you can watch all the footage. Oh, wow. And the way that they usually work is uh, those cards, they just record indefinitely. So they'll get probably five days to a week. Depending on the size of the card you get, you might get more. Uh, And then after that, it just overwrites itself. So if you have a dash cam and you have something occur, don't delay. Go ahead and pull it out and get the footage off so it's not overwritten. Okay. So do you need to repurchase that uh, card that goes in it or just uh, load it on the computer, save it, and then put it back in? Yeah, just load it on the computer, save what you need, and then put it back in, and it'll start right back where it was, overriding. Okay. Now, let's talk about safety alert features in cars. Well, there's quite a few of them. One I noticed recently, I was making a uh, a road trip with some friends, and anytime that he would depart the lane, so somehow, somehow it was detecting it. I don't exactly know how it's doing it, but somehow it's detecting those stripes in the road. And so if he would start to change lanes, if he didn't turn his turn signal on, it would start to beep at him to let him know he was leaving his lane or going over a little bit too far. Kind of like a digital version of those rumble strips we hear on the side of the road <laughs> yeah. some. Um, those have been really cool. And something else that I noticed that it did, and this was really neat, is um, you know someone had hit the brakes in front of him kind of quick. So I, I guess the distance between him and the car in front of him was closing in. And all of a sudden, it sounded a really quick alert sound to uh, uh, you know to alert him. It's like, hey, you're, you're coming really close to this car. 
it did not intervene or break or do anything for him. So it didn't take the human part of it out, but it did give just some audible alerts that said, hey, you know, be aware. Right. Jeremy, any, any other safety alert features on cars you know about? Well, I, I know for one, uh, you've you've always got that little flashing light in there that'll tell you if your passenger's not wearing their seatbelt. Oh, oh gosh. You know, you put a, a backpack in the seat next to you, and it's like, <laughs> hey, that backpack needs to be wearing a seatbelt. Um, as far as other safety features, you've, of course, got your airbags, uh, and uh, those are really neat the way they work. Uh, they have a sensor that, that throws so many uh, forces, like so many Gs on that, that sensor, and it doesn't deploy the airbag until that occurs. And you've got your side and your, uh, your everywhere in your car now, I think, pretty much has an airbag. Yeah, I think they're pretty uh, much putting them all over the place. I mean, yeah. I've noticed that too, like on the doors and like the uh, the frames above the doors and the sides and stuff. It's it's interesting. I've never actually uh, had to use an airbag. Has anybody else ever had an experience with one? I have not personally, but luckily, knock on every piece of wood yes. we have in the studio, I have not. I've had a couple of friends that have had to, um, and you know, it was. Uh, thank God he had it. You know, I mean, yeah. really, it, it was a pretty bad head-on collision. Not not well, not head-on. He was a T-bone collision. Um, wow. And it really kind of saved him on there. But he, he did remark for quite a quite a few days after that he was actually able to still kind of like just smell the powder that was a part of that airbag. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. And um, you know what? When we're talking about um, auto brakes, you mentioned that earlier, um, Wilts. Some my mom and I were talking. How safe is your car braking on itself when you're driving and then your car just brakes you know, itself. Is that actually safe? Well, you know, and my wife and I had that exact same conversation. And, you know, she's um, she's got that theory. The more that you put into the car, the more it's going to potentially break. Um, it, it, and my thing on that, you know, what I'd be afraid of is that that particular system malfunction. Let's just say you're just driving down the road and all of a sudden your car decides it wants to break because let's just be honest. It's a computer system. We've all we've all run computers, phones, et cetera, um, you know. Mistakes can happen, and, and there's there is that potential of something there. So yeah, it it does it does give me pause on some of that. Again, you know, there's a lot to be said for just paying attention. Right, the more you have on the car, the more potential of um, error. Well, when we come back from break, we'll continue talking with Wilton Jeremy, and they can help you answer your automobile technology questions. Give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or online at Everyday Tech at MPB on. Online.org. We'll be right back. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
Welcome back. You're listening to Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo with Wilts and Jeremy. And Java, thanks for that uh, song going out to the yeah, break. So we're talking about automobile technology today. And we've been talking about um, lane change alarms, safety alarm features. We've been talking about cameras on cars, dash cams. So give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, And online at Everyday Tech at mpbonline.org. Let's go to the phone lines, but let's go to Mobile and speak with Jesse. Good morning. How are you doing? Pretty good, and you? How are you going? Doing great. What's your question or comment? Uh, some of the features you mentioned, some fall into the active category, and some are going to be just standard across the board with no user interface. You've got cornering lamps. You may remember from the, the big-body Cadillacs of the 60s, there was a huge lamp on the side when you turn your turn signal on it pretty much blinded anyone next to you <laughs> yep but it helped you see where you were turning you got those you got heads up displays you've got automatic high beams on the newer cars you're going to have pedestrian alerts you have active steering assist that keeps you in your lane you've got front cross traffic You've got pre-collision system on a lot of cars, and those are a lot of commercials you've seen during the last NBA Finals and the uh, March Madness. You've got dynamic radar cruise control. So once you set your speed, the car is basically scanning and will automatically stop if somebody gets in front of you and slows down. Several manufacturers have that. And then, of course, you've got these airbags going back to Lee Iacocca. But now they're just knee, ear, knee, side impact, feet. Most cars are going to have between 7 and 10 by default. Jesse, you sound like you know a lot about car technology. Do you work in that field? Yes. I kind of figured that. That's awesome. That is. We were, look, we were wanting to get someone on the show that works in that field, so you build cars? No, I just explain them once someone buys them. Okay. okay. Interesting. So the owner doesn't just, you know, some companies you buy a car, they hand you the keys, and that's the last time you see them. Others, you buy a car, and then it's time for class. <laughs> and you know what? That is actually what I want to talk about a little bit later about how yeah. tech, we were talking about that earlier, how technology has expanded in your car. The biggest thing is understanding how to use the technology that's in your car. You no longer just get in the car and go. And we're going to talk about that uh, in just a little bit. Thank you, Jesse, from Mobile for calling in. Yes, indeed. I want all those features, every one of them. <laughs> just give them all to me. Now, Jesse actually started our segue into this next segment, Bluetooth links. Actually, it's it's really simple. Um, all you got to pretty much do is, uh, uh, well, for example, again, I was recently traveling, get a rental car. Very first thing I do before I even put the car in drive is I link up my phone to it because I use my phone for GPS and, of course, you know, hands-free if my wife or someone needs to call. And typically it's just a matter of there's usually going to be a menu or a setup button on your dash. just like a regular radio button. And you go in there and tell it, hey, I want to pair it to this phone. And then you would go into your phone, and it doesn't really matter if it's an Android or an iPhone or anything else. And you go into the Bluetooth settings and say, okay, it sees, you know, it's discoverable, Bluetooth's on. I see the car. Okay, connect to Chevy MyLink or Ford 
um, whatever, you know, whatever the different thing is, what will end up happening then is usually on some display on your car and on display on your phone, it's going to show a PIN number, usually about a five-digit or so number. You make sure that the numbers are the same. That way you know, yes, I'm talking to my phone. Yes, I'm talking to this car. That You're not talking to somebody near you. As long as the numbers are the same, you hit pair on both sides, and then there you are. Now, depending on your vehicle, depending on its features and functionality, it can actually do a lot for your phone. It can either name announce. It can – you could actually – like uh, on my wife's car, we can hit a button and – say a name and it can actually try to do voice recognition through my contacts and try to dial that so that way I'm not looking at a phone trying to call someone um, you know again you can hear you know GPS directions everything else it depends on your functions of your phone alright so Jeremy uh, do you get a lot of questions or uh, people uh, calling on you to explain or how to hook up their Bluetooth to their phones uh, no. I mean to their car excuse me <laughs> No, not not usually. Uh, there's there's not a big demand for car tech around here, at least as far as I've uh, noticed myself. I'm one of the only people who puts the tech in their vehicle. <laughs> um, but I will say, uh, even if you don't have a newer vehicle and you want those Bluetooth features that Wiltz was talking about, you can go out and get you a cheapo adapter, like twenty twenty five bucks, and uh, it'll plug into the auxiliary port on your car, and then you can do all the same stuff. Uh, you can play music through your car. You can hear navigation and stuff. You won't get any kind of heads-up display. There won't be anything showing what is coming up on your phone. But you'll be able to use all those hands-free features that are uh, pretty much uh, essential nowadays. All right. Yeah. So we're going to go back to the phone lines and go to Mobile again and talk to Rob. Rob, good morning. Thanks for calling in. Lots of activity in Mobile today. Lots of activity in Mobile. Thanks for calling in, Rob. What's your question or comment? My question is about... Uh, the technology security. Um, I saw a video about a year or two ago where a guy had hacked into a Prius and then he could control the systems while the car was running. Now, it, he had to have actual physical connections to the computer and he was sitting in the passenger seat and the driver was there and he could auto, he could engage the brake system, he could engage, engage the uh, the system that made the steering wheel turn to accident avoidance. And I was just wondering what's the status on uh, security for technology like that as it sits today? Well, whenever we saw your, your call come up on the board there, I think Michelle and I both looked at each other and just kind of nodded and smiled because you're absolutely right. There are a lot. Um, I Just recently in, in one of my classes that I'm teaching was showing some of the students um, some wireless hacks against some of the RFID or the the radio frequency you know, that, that near proximity kind of thing where they were like overriding cars. You hear a lot about uh, car thefts happening because people can override the technology and actually start the car without needing the key anymore. I think that security has, in my opinion, not necessarily been a very large focus because maybe people aren't really thinking that far ahead and realizing, but I know at least from the car theft side, there was a story and it was a while back and I want to say it was David Beckham, the soccer soccer player, he got two cars stolen. They were supposedly, you know, unstealable. You cannot steal these cars. Well, they got them through electronic means. So, yeah, the more electronic we're putting into there, and that's that's where my wife gets the paranoia. And it's kind of funny. I'm the security guy, but she has the security paranoia, probably from hearing my stories. Yeah, it's a concern. And that's where I kind of get a little bit concerned about being able to control brakes. I mean, I've heard the argument before. is like, well, wouldn't it be great if the police department could actually just remote control and shut down a uh, a high-speed chase? You know, electronically, 
It's like, you know, yeah, on, on the surface, that uh, in the knee-jerk reaction, that probably makes sense. But if we really start digging down to that, we really start thinking about that power and that control. What's to say somebody with less than honest intentions couldn't do the exact same thing? And it's like, hey, I want to cause havoc on the interstate. I'm just going to shut down a car. And you're driving along. Next thing you know, you're slamming on the brakes um, and, you know, causing a, a massive pileup. So, so you're absolutely right, Rob. I think that car hacking is something that we need to to get some attention on. Um, as far as for what are the answers on that, honestly, I don't really know. I know there's a lot put into like what they talk about encryption and such. Um, but again, I've always kind of said that anything that can be man-made can be man-broke. So we, we do need to pay attention to that. Any thoughts uh, on that, Jeremy? Yes, absolutely. Uh, what we have, unfortunately, is security through obscurity. Uh, as electronics get encrypted, they do get more difficult to crack, but it's not impossible. Where there's a will, there's always a way. So um, with everybody else, you know, you don't, you don't put all your faith in that technology and understand that, that as, we, as we get into things being more, more digital and more automatic and uh, less out of our control, we, we do run the risk of giving up that control. You may go to get in your car one day and you'll have to pay 300 bitcoins before it'll start for you. It's uh, it's scary. It is. Uh, fortunately, like I said, security through obscurity means that just a very select handful of people who have taken the time to figure those things out uh, have, and hopefully they're doing it to improve the security on those things and not uh, destroy. Well, like we talked about on every show, the more technology gets, uh, the deeper technology goes, the more intelligent the thieves get, you know? Exactly. The guy called last week and said uh, he goes in a home and does an infrared lighting type, you know, what type of home thief has uh, infrared lighting mechanisms to decode your home alarm system to steal a TV, you know? Right. They're really thinking outside the box now. So for every, like you said, for every wall, Jeremy, that we build... A thief will figure out a way to get around it. Well, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's another speed bump. And what we have to do is we have to install the speed bumps, but at the same time, we need to be monitoring them. We can't just sit there and think we're going to set a tool out there and I'm going to be able to buy a product or buy a service and it's going to be able to take the place of the human mind. It, it, it just can't. All this technology is great, but it doesn't replace the best computer of all, which sits between most of our ears. You're right. So we're going to go back to the phone lines and speak to Lucy from Macomb. Good morning, Lucy. How are you doing? Just fine. I just, I've got a, I've got a, my car will not sometimes overnight seem to unpair with my phone. And it used to make me nuts. And then somebody suggested turn off your phone and restart it. And almost every time that works. And I don't know if that's peculiar to the Prius. That sounds peculiar to technology in general. <laughs> yeah, I have once, um, you know, and I did mention I have an older vehicle, but I've, I changed my radio out so that I could actually have some of the Bluetooth features. And I had that at one point. Now, for me, it was my phone. I did an update on my phone, and it seemed to act a little bit better. Um, what kind of phone is it that you're using? A Galaxy Grand Prime, the El Cheapo Galaxy. Jeremy, you're our, you're our uh, resident Galaxy well, it, guru. Well, it seems to happen. I'll get an update to the to the to the phone, uh-huh. and then it'll and then it won't work. I'll restart the phone. It may take it a day to catch back up, and then it'll I'll restart the phone and it works. 
So I got a week since it, it wouldn't work, and I restarted the phone, and then it's fine. So I, that usually that's my first thing I do. I just, I'm sorry, I waited a week last time. Hmm. I'd say it's uh, because the Galaxy Grand Prime is a few years older. It's running some older Bluetooth technology, and uh, the the module in your car might be newer or it might be older. Um, either way, it sounds like there's some slight uh, glitch with their pairing, but it's not to the point where it's incompatible. So I would say um, if you try it with like a new, newer phone, like an iPhone 7 or a Galaxy S8 or something like that, uh, see if uh, if you have anybody who happens to have one of those devices. See if the experience is the same, or even try just a different device and see if it's the same. Well, and you know, and here's a really strange thing too. And I learned this, and I don't know. Um, I learned this from talking to the mechanic on my wife's car. Cars need updating every now and then. You know, now that we're putting computers into them, not too much different from our computers. Not too much different from our phones. Sometimes a car might need an update. So depending on your model, you may just want to give just a quick phone call down to the local Toyota dealer and say, hey, is there an update out there? I know from what I've heard from some, like um, we have a – my wife's car is a Mazda. It supposedly updates through the GPS system, and it will receive system updates for some of that kind of stuff. It may just be as simple as maybe a little small quick update they could do in the dealership Um and I would really push them to do it for free. It's like, hey, you sold me this car. Make it all happy. But it may just be a simple little update of software on there as well. Well, thank you, Miss Lucy from Macomb, for calling in. Hopefully that helped you um, figure out what your problem is. And yeah. maybe we can get an update on your computer system in your car. All right. Well, when we come back from break, we'll continue our conversation on automobile technology. We'd love to hear from you. So please give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. I think. <laughs> Java's on it today, Yes, he baby. is. We got some good Rihanna this morning. I'm Michelle McAdoo with Wilt and Jeremy. And Rihanna, no, she is not here. Uh, if not you're joining us Not studio. joining us today is Rihanna, no. If you're just joining us, we've been talking about automobile technology. Now, we're still taking your questions and comments at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And online at Everyday Tech at MPB Online. Now, before we get into our next segment, let's go back to the phone lines. And from Ridgeland, we have Eugene. Good morning, Eugene. How you doing? Fine, and yourself? Good, great. Wonderful. I'm doing fine. What's your question or comment? 
Okay, I have a iPhone 6, and I have an aftermarket stereo. And for some reason, when I crank up my truck sometimes, it'll automatically go to my Bluetooth on my iTunes. How can I prevent that? Um, if it's been paired with it, uh, it's basically the same thing in mind. If if the phone has been paired with it, it automatically, if your Bluetooth is on on your phone, that means it is constantly looking for basically its friend. It's looking for who it already knows out there. So the moment that it sees, hey, I, I recognize you, I know who you are, it's going to automatically connect. About the only way that you can prevent that, and we've had to do this sometimes in our car because maybe I don't want the Bluetooth at that time, I just flip the Bluetooth off on my phone. Um, I have an iPhone 7, so basically the same thing. I just swipe up and click the Bluetooth icon and turn that off. Um, but, but yeah, anytime, once they've been paired, if it gets within about 30 feet of that device, it says, hey, I know you, I'm connecting. And, it, and that's, just a, uh, that's just an automatic function that you can't really tell it not to do. Okay. All right. Thank All right. All right. Thank you, Eugene. Thank you, Gene, from Ridgeland for calling in. Um, before the break, fellas, we were talking about Bluetooth links, and a lot of people are calling in about that, the GPS, the hands-free and phone calls. But remote start and unlocking your car with your, your phone, how does that work exactly? Well, some folks, you know, there, there are, um, you know, as so many of us are carrying our phones with us constantly, there is some emerging technology that's actually starting to link up to where you can use, like, you know, fingerprint and codes on your phone to actually unlock it. The same as we can now use your phone if you check into a hotel, for example. The hotel I was at last week in Milwaukee, I could use my phone to unlock my door. Um, they're moving that way. Remote start, we've seen for a while. Uh, folks up north see it a lot for starting their car and getting the heater going. Folks mm-hmm. down south, we see it a lot to start the car and get the air conditioner going. Now, one thing I will caution folks, and this made the news a little bit last year, if you're within the city of Jackson, remote starting your car when you're not in it can give you a ticket. And I'm not sure if other municipalities do that, but they're giving tickets out for that because they say, hey, that makes it easy for a car thief to get the car. I think it makes it easy for the person not to get in the car and burn their tail on the hot seats and the hot air. But that is actually a law in the city of Jackson. So some of y'all might want to be aware of that. But why would you remote start your car if you're in it? That's the reason for the remote start, because you're in the house and you want to go ahead and get it cool for your kids uh, and things like that. Exactly. And, 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 you know, another thing, a lot of these remote start systems, what happens is they start the car. They don't unlock it. The doors aren't sitting out there unlocked. But that was, uh, yeah, it was making the Clarion Ledger last year. There's a lot of people asking that exact same question, Michelle. Why, why is this a problem? And, and instead of catching car thieves, we're, we're catching car owners, I guess. I don't know. So is there anything citizens can do to get that law changed? Call your folks. Call the call the councilman. Yeah, call them and just let them know. Um, You know, I mean, I I think remote starting to get your air conditioning on—that's a really good safety feature. I mean, you know, all of us have gotten to a car that's about 120, 130 degrees. It can hurt if you wear glasses. It's really weird. (laughs) We were talking about that yesterday. You know, last week I got in my car last week, uh, or maybe Monday, and it said what 105. In my car. I mean, like you said, going from certain temperatures, your body temperature in your office, and then getting in your car and it's 105, that's not safe either. So, I mean, we need to do some rallying around that. Yeah, exactly. I think the biggest thing is being aware. I think that law kind of went through. And it was another one of those. And and we, we see this a lot in so many things. We see it in technology. We see it in legal. We see it in everything else. People have a knee jerk reaction to a situation. 
oh, well, people are stealing cars when they're being started. Let's just go ahead and make a law and outlaw that without thinking it all the way through to the other side. Um, you know, uh, another thing that comes, oh, well, you know, cruise control. Cruise control must mean that my car is just going to you know, stay on cruise. What y'all hear, this was a couple of years back, the guy who set cruise control in his RV and walked to the back. Cruise control doesn't mean your car is going to drive by itself. We're not there yet, people. We're, um, the, we're working uh, on it. The Teslas have autopilot, and it, you're not supposed to use it to drive your car, you know, just because you want to take a nap. You're supposed to be watching, but it's supposed to be pretty sophisticated, and it has avoided several crashes. But it actually caused. It actually got into a crash too, though. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's gotten into some crashes. You gotta, you know, you gotta get the, you gotta get the kink signed out of it before you. you oh my god. Yeah, I don't want to beta test that one. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> All right, fellas, we're gonna go back to the phone lines, and we're gonna go to Jackson now and speak with Rick. Rick, good morning. Morning. Good morning. What's your question or comment? So I have a comment on uh, the lane alert and also the. Uh, vehicle recognition thing that they have for the front of vehicle. Uh, as I told the guy that I interviewed with, uh, I've been driving a truck for 19 years uh, over the road. And the first company I drove for, uh, they actually, in my truck, they had uh, both of those uh, safety features on my truck. And the lane alert were really great, uh, except for... Uh, when it would rain really hard, or if there was ice on the road, or if there was snow on the road. Then the lane alert could not pick up the lines on either side of the truck, so at that point it became useless. Uh, but other than that, it worked fantastic, and it did sound like rumble strips whenever you would get close to the line. And uh, vehicle recognition... Uh, on my truck, anyways, was a really good thing because if my, my truck ran 65 miles an hour and I got the cruise control set and I come up on a vehicle that was, say, going 50 miles an hour or even 60, uh, the computer would pick that up and it would actually slow my truck down without me hitting the brakes or anything else and back my truck off like three seconds and not let my truck approach that vehicle at all. Hmm. That's, and, now, now just, did you, you feel know, pretty they, safe with that? I mean, what, what, uh, Rick, did you feel pretty safe with that? Did you, you know, it, with the car taking over a little bit of yours? I mean, with that, um, you know, you get to see a lot of miles on the road. Um, did you like, I mean, I guess where I'm going to, did you like that particular feature? Because I've always just been, I think it's, I think it's really cool. And I love the concept behind it. It just, it makes me nervous. My car interacting. I don't, I don't know. Well, no. See, on the truck, the way it worked is, uh, and I did love it. Uh, a lot of the drivers for the same company, they didn't like any of this stuff. Uh, but I liked it because of the safety features. And the thing about it is, if a car would pass me and pull over in front of me, it would instantly pick that car up. As long as that vehicle kept speeding up, it would not do anything at all. But the instant that car slowed down, my truck would slow down, and it and the computer would actually back the truck off, even though the cruise control was still set. Okay, so but if you were to interact with the brake, it would override whatever the computer was doing. You still had ultimate control. Exactly. Okay. And that's when I told our safety director at this company. I said, "You can put all the safety features you want on any vehicle in the world. It doesn't matter uh, what the vehicle is." 
a car, a pickup, a van, uh, a big truck like I was driving. But if the driver behind the wheel of that particular vehicle is a fast driver, all the safety features in the world is not going to stop them from having an accident. You are correct. Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's that's a that's a spot on thing because it's like you know, airbags and seatbelts have not stopped us from having you know incidents out on the road. So, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you, Rick, for those comments uh, and questions about that uh, vehicle recognition. Yeah, that's right. pretty cool. Mm-hmm, that is. Now we're gonna go to Mobile and speak with Jesse. Good Mobile morning. Mobile is on today. They that are on a, fire. Yes, they are. <laughs> Hi. How you doing? Pretty good. On the. Two things you mentioned, the cruise control with radar, that's one of the safety features you can currently get. Mm-hmm. And most cars are going to have that front grille logo that's going to be the radar unit. So once you get up to speed, set your cruise like you normally do, then there's one other button you press to tell the car how far you want to be from the next car. Oh, okay. So if the car slows down in front of you or jumps lanes in front of you, or if you jump lane behind someone else, that radar is constantly checking for distance. If that distance doesn't match what you set the car to, it slows down. If the car in front of you gets out the way and you're still on cruise, it picks back up to speed to get back where you had it set. But they do slow down or come to a complete stop based upon what's going on in front. And if you've seen the uh, Tesla video that came out earlier this year, the car saw two cars ahead slowing down and kept the driver out of an accident. I was about to ask you about that, actually. So was that full autopilot, or was that like a cruise control with a distance sensor set? Hopefully he's not driving on the interstate at that speed on autopilot, but (laughs) that's going to be an owner thing. But cruise control, that would be your normal. You've got lane keeping assist, which keeps you in your lane, for one, so you're not that guy in traffic all over the road. Then you've got your cruise control, which keeps you going. And the radar is making sure you don't get too close to anybody else or anyone gets too close to you the hard way. Now, he also mentioned the remote start. You still need your key once you get to the car. Right. All you've done is tell the car to run for 10 minutes. Either warm it up or cool it off until I arrive with the key to open the door and initialize the put on the brake start sequence. Right, and that's where I think that that particular that that law that knee jerk reaction over there was really, um, well, I guess for lack of a better term, really short sighted. They weren't really thinking about about exactly what you're saying there, Jesse. Thank you so much, Jesse, for that comment and question. And again, like you said, if you don't like that law, let's get together and go to our city council and see if we can get that changed. Well, when we come back from break, there's still time for you to chime in our conversation. So give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Now, if you missed part of the show or want to hear past episodes, you can listen on our website at mpbonline.org slash everydaytech. We'd love for you to be our subscriber. So all you need to do is go to mbbponline.org slash everydaytech. Now there's a purple button that says subscribe. If you click it, it will get you started to having MPB's Everyday Tech at your fingertips whenever you like. Stay tuned for more Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio.
Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. Today on Everyday Tech, we've been discussing automobile technology. Now, there's still time to reach us at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, And online at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Java, we love that one. Now, are we talking about technology? Yes. That was... A uh, smart car. <laughs> uh, down, that was a smart car. That was... That was I, I, the smartest I love, car, right? I love that show. If I could just get my car to have that turbo boost button, you know, you in traffic and the guy in front of you just won't get out the way, just hit the turbo boost, jump over him, keep on going. Well, you know what? Ooh. I love this talk that we're having right here because that is what we're about to talk about. What's next for technology? What's on the horizon? And speaking of Night Rider, guys, imagine getting in your car and it says, Good morning, Miss McAdoo. Oh my God, I would just die like instead a doorman. Of, instead of, the door is ajar. The door is ajar. Close the door, fool. Well, Jeremy, I need you to create that, you know, today. After the show, I need you to go in your lab, mad scientist, and create that for me. Yeah, we, I'm we a doctor, not a mad scientist. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, guys, let me pose this question. What, what type of uh, new things are on the horizon, technology is on the horizon for uh, cars in the future? Go ahead, Jeremy. Well, you, you were just asking about uh, something greeting you when you get in your car and everything. Uh, those things are definitely coming. I know that there's a uh, there's a Bluetooth assistant for your car called Chris that's being developed. It's a uh, it's a kickstarted project that uh, basically offers all those features. It'll allow you to like text people without hands and uh, things like that. Uh, there are other uh, things as well. There's a there's a heads up display, otherwise known as a HUD. Uh, called a Navdi that uh, allows you to put a little display right in front of your uh, right in front of you on the steering wheel or right above the steering wheel and it'll do like navigation and text to speech and things like that but I personally got to uh, test drive that one and I didn't think it was quite ready for prime time I'd like to know if anybody else has one and they had a different experience I have not the little bit that I've seen on it um <sighs> I'm kind of on the fence. I've not seen, I don't think it's mature. And they've been talking about that for years about having, you know, almost like what fighter pilots have to where wherever uh-huh. you're looking is what you're going to, you know, you see the information you want. It reminds me a lot of a video game. If, you, if, if anybody plays video games, you know, you have all that information in front of you. Um, I'd be happy if there'd just be a little simple thing that would pop on up there and just let me know what speed am I going. <laughs> so the <laughs> you know. night I got the Navdi, I actually took it out for a test drive, and I was trying to get everything, you know, just figure everything out, this little wheel over here does this and yada, yada. And uh, there was a pizza delivery guy that was sitting on a, a main road here in Hattiesburg, uh, and he had turned his car off and his lights were off, and I almost crashed into See. him. Because that display was so bright in front of me, yeah. and I was trying to look at it and not the road, and I felt like, huh, this seems counterproductive to what it was designed for. Exactly. Yeah, it just um, – I, I think that, you know, it's like for the longest time, phones were getting smaller and smaller and smaller mm-hmm. and smaller. And finally, they hit a point, honestly – um, I remember it was like little Sony Ericsson or something. It just almost got too small. It was not 
you know, if you had a finger beyond the size of a five-year-old, you weren't able to manipulate the buttons. And uh, now we've seen with Panasonic. Yeah. And, uh, and so they had to kind of jump up a little bit in size because, like, you know, realize, hey, you know, we want a little bit of screen real estate here. I, th- I think that you can almost get too smart in some things. I think that we need to find that balance. Yeah. True. Well, guys, uh, let's go back to the phone lines one more time before we have to go to Starkville and speak with David. David, good morning. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Doing great. Thanks for calling in. What's your question or comment? I wanted to comment about what I hope is next in the future of cars. And I, I'm going to sound a little bit like a Luddite here. I hope there's some common sense coming around the corner. Now, if you can find that as an option, I think we ought to make that mandatory. I, yeah. I, I go back to, uh, well, the most recent one I'm sure you've been there aware of is the two or three years ago, the, the Jeep that got hacked into running down the road because they tied the powertrain system into the audio system. And so someone in the car was able to hack into the car's Bluetooth and actually bring it to a stop. Wow. That is just... That's scary. Lessons learned from the security and the tech field that the automotive industry isn't applying at all. You know, the the in-screen navigations and anything that takes your eyes away from the road is a hazard. The amount of research and the development that went into making every button and knob in a car different by feel so you didn't have to take your eyes off the road, it's all being discounted for the bells and whistles and the pretties. And I hope in the future we're going to have, and not through regulation, because everyone knows the government does such a good job every time they start regulating things. I hope that the industry as a whole comes to its senses and realizes that this is all great, but we have to take the lessons learned from these industries that we're taking these things from. Thank you, David. Well said. Well said. I think where we really need to go with that is I think that the beyond just the industry, uh, the consumers need to demand that as well. You know, we need to uh, – technology is great, but technology does come with the price. Uh, I took the Navdi back. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeremy, you want to end with a poem today? Uh, yeah. Also, a little correction. I said Panasonic earlier, but that little bitty phone that you had to have the little bitty fingers for was the Pantax C300. My sister had that phone. Yeah, I mean, you, had, right. you had to get like a five-year-old to operate it for her? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, I, I've got what I would say is half a poem. I'm sorry, you guys. I've been so busy. There's no excuse. Automatic and almost like magic. It steers itself. It avoids a crash. It can make a decision faster than a flash. Oh, right. God, that, yeah, that's all I got. That's all you got? That's all you got. <laughs> all I got. <laughs> well, you know what? I like that one. Well, you've been listening to Everyday Tech. Thank you for joining us today. Our board operator, of course, was Java Chapman with the great music today. And our phone screener was Jared. Well, if you missed part of the show or want to hear past episodes, you can listen on our website at mpbonline.org slash everydaytech or subscribe to our podcast. For Wilts Contreras and Jeremy Thompson, I'm Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned for the original Southern Remedy with Dr. Rick the Shazo at 11. This is MPB Think Radio.